Steven Diego and you're tuned in to Breaking Down the Breakdown. On today's episode, we have a special guest who's here to talk about how his childhood traumas developed into depression. Hello, everyone. Okay, I know I kind of been taking a lot of breaks lately in between episodes, but a man has to do, a man has to do. I am so swamped with other stuff, but don't worry. I know how important this is to me, and that's why today I am bringing you somebody that I've known for a very long time, I would say. Um, somebody that, hmm, how can I explain this? So I worked with this man way back when we were wee little toddlers. Not really, but we were pretty fucking I was young a at toddler at least. You were fucking toddler. <laughs> well, how old are you now? I'm 30. Oh, you're only three years younger than me. Okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> right? But honestly, probably one of the most fun people I've ever met and also one of the nicest people I've ever met. All right, guys, we got Matt over her. What up, Matt? <laughs> What's up, guys? What's going on? <laughs> Introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, so as Steven said, I'm Matt. I am a, when we first met, we were, you know, just working retail at bench, but, uh, I kind of took that to the next level, got a lot of sales experience under my belt. Now I'm a realtor in Toronto. So I know a lot of fans of Steven's are are, (laughs) overseas, but if you guys are looking for investment opportunities, you know, you know who to call. (laughs) I'm fucking dead. Don't worry guys. We will Um, put the link in the bio. I mean, on, on the episode status and stuff like that, we're going to have ways to contact Matt. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I I started my real estate career uh, at the beginning of this year. It would have started mid June last year, but obviously with the pandemic, everything kept getting pushed. Uh, I had the most unluckiest time of the the year in terms of my career changes because my exams were all scheduled on the first day of every single lockdown. So the first one, it was like, okay, we're going to push it. And I'm like, oh shit. So when when are things going to open up? We have no idea. And then we opened up and I was like, okay, great. Now I'm going to book my exam. And then it was like second lockdown. I was like, like to the date, like the exact date. I am fucking mortified for you. And then, then, so I I finally got my license at the beginning of this year. So I I just like rushed out the gate. I was like, I'm I'm out. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. But at least yeah. you got it done. Yeah, I got it done, and now I'm I'm, I'm working finally. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way you said that, I even said. <laughs> now I see, like, it's kind of funny because I never thought in a million years I would have you on this show, speaking about the issue you are going to be speaking about today, only because you know you have stayed largely the same from when i met you and i felt like maybe that was a you know there was kind of like a slight um misjudgment on my part at that time because you know we were young and this goes for a lot of us right now who are still you know in our early 20s who are still teens and even way past that point i think at some point we all realized that huh growing up we never really actually took the time to figure out if our friends were okay and if they were dealing with stuff and not even just like, Hey, you okay? Like, Hey, is everything good? Right. But the fact that we actually never get the time to sit down, look at each other and be like, is there something going on inside you that you can't explain? 
So I never in a million years thought you would be here because I thought you were always just, you know, like super fun, got my shit together. I'm a go-getter and I don't got no problems. So I'm, I just want to say thank you for coming on here, first of all, and for agreeing to be open about these things. I think it's, that's a red flag in itself. I feel like anyone I meet nowadays, because we're so much older and we know the feeling of the topics that we're talking about, whether it's depression, but just mental health in general, um, as more and more people get open to talking about it, it's, if someone is, I'm not saying that every single person who's like super giddy and happy or whatever is going through something, but usually like Robin Williams, like worded it perfectly where every single person that you meet in this entire world is battling their own battles. And we just don't know what they're going through. So that's why we should be kind to everyone. And that's exactly it. Because even during that time when you knew me, I didn't even know I was depressed. (laughs) Right. Uh, I just knew uh, I was going through a bunch of shit, but um, luckily growing up, I had a lot of um, friends, a lot of actually uh, lady friends, because I found it was a lot easier to talk through my emotions uh, with them. Because back when we grew up in like the nineties, it was literally, if you talk about your, your emotions, your, your wimp, your coward, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, that's stupid. <laughs> but luck, like I, I was lucky in the fact that I was able to have this kind of support system, but uh, in the end, when it got really, really bad, it really is up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you guys know, but we're going to be talking about depression today. <laughs> hey, we love the topic. Uh, we love the topic because I feel like I, I, I created a video, which actually is the reason why Steven reached out to me is because um, I've always been open about my own mental health to a lot of my friends, a lot of my family. Um, and it's, something I keep seeing, you know, like bell, let's talk and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I've been talking about it for years, (laughs) just not uh, publicly like this, but uh, I feel like doing videos like this is very important. So I have to thank you, Steven, for creating this, this series, just because a lot of people all across the world are, are experiencing it. But as I mentioned in my own video there, it's almost like a spectrum. Like there's a degree that varies and, you can be all over the place and all over. You can be in two places at once on that same spectrum. Right. And you just have to kind of think through of like the things that you're feeling, why you're feeling it and kind of, um, you know, find, find your way to deal with them. Right. I love um, it. I fucking love it. But yeah, no. So like depression for me is, is completely a spectrum. I know one of the things that you wanted me to kind of explain is how I believe it all started. Yeah. Because <laughs> for me, you know, like, um, I have had other people on the show speak about their own depression. And for a lot of people who are listening right now on podcasts, or if you can watch us online, um, I know you guys are probably wondering, you're sitting there thinking, how come he has different guests for the same issues? And, you know, I feel like if you guys don't actually listen individually to each and every single episode, then you will never understand why. But the reason why I'm not afraid to talk about the same things over and over and over again with different people is that everybody goes through the same issues differently. And funny enough, as different as it may be from other people, it's almost like groupings, right? There's a, you know, like a column A, B, C, D, and E type of depression, kind of like you said with the spectrum, right? And for me, the importance is to be able to cover every single type 
and every single way that it affects an individual so that somebody who is out there can relate to at least one of them. Because, you know, one person might listen to a, 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 an episode of depression and the person dealing with it says, fitness for me is the biggest thing on how I battled it. But they're not really into fitness. That's not going to work. And it's just going to make them feel even worse because they, they're going to start to feel like, well, if fitness really is the answer, I can't do that. Right. That's, that's the thing is that um, just like the spectrum where you could be in group A, B, C, D of depression mm-hmm. or mental health, the things that help certain people are also in groupings. There are exactly. so many different things that you can do. You could try and see what works with you and stick with those. Right. hundred yes. um, uh, percent. I feel like we're going to be talking about the that a little bit later on, but I feel like in terms of telling my story of how this kind of relates to everyone else, I hundred percent agree. Um, the reason and the importance that you're talking to so many different people who suffer from the same thing is because we all have different stories. We yeah. all have different back backgrounds. Um, and I guess, I'm not sure if you had any guests who kind of like thought about it and told you the story. And was like, you know what? Maybe that's why it is. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we have eureka moments here <laughs> like right there right. there, right? That's good. So um, like I said, I, I can't express the, the gratitude um, towards you for, for inviting me on the show, but um, yeah, no, I, I I've talked about this quite, quite some uh, time, but pretty much going all the way back to, I think my happiest moments that I remember in my life, was elementary school up until grade four specifically grade four so that would be when i was nine years old um i got bullied for the very first time what happened was my best friend and another guy that i assumed was my best friend at the time um i had a trip to visit my grandfather in australia so i was gone for like a month or something like that right um obviously for me as a kid i didn't know the weight of going to australia because now if i want to go to australia it's three thousand dollars a ticket yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah not gonna happen so i gotta visit my grandpa soon um but pretty much for me that trip was just all about um just the wildlife. I've always had this thing for learning about the nature and everything like that. So before real estate, I was actually in environmental sciences. <laughs> but as you guys know, who live in Canada, we're not doing shit. So nope. uh, if I wanted to do that, I would have to pursue like Denmark or Germany or anything. But pretty much what happened because I was gone for so long, uh, for some reason, for a nine-year-old uh, who is supposedly your best friends. Um, when I got back, I remember the scene like vividly too. Um, cause this bullying is, it's not the depression. It's what's tied and related to it. Yes. What happened was I went to the, the playground to meet up. I was happy, excited to, to be home, to see my friends. They were on the tire swings, you know, back then they had tires and like four <laughs> like metal chains and you push them around and shit. Okay. So I'm sure I went still there. have that, man. We're not that old. I, dude, I went back to the same playground. They don't have it anymore. They took I'm it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But anyways, anyway, so basically what happened was they were on the tire swing and I wanted to join them. And I said, Hey guys, I'm back, whatever. And they kind of like cold shoulder, uh, shouldered me. I was like, why, why are you giving oh. me the cold shoulder? I was like, what, what's going on? It's like, Oh, um, and I remember this because this is literally so traumatizing that 30 years later, I mean, mm. 22 years later, whatever. Um, it's still with me is that she said, we're so used to playing without you. You can go play with your other friends. I was like, bro, you're my friends. 
So that was the beginning of, of um, basically that. And the other so supposedly best friend, he was like, yeah, we're, we're, we, we don't need to play with you anymore or whatever because we oh played without God. you. Um, and he took it to the next level. What he was doing is that he started shit-talking about me to others. So when I tried to join other groups, they wouldn't play with me either. So then being that kid who had to wander from group to group, don't know where you want to sit during lunch and stuff like yeah. that, like that really fucked me. Um, because as you can see, I'm fairly open, I'm fairly extroverted and social, yes. but being regressed to a state where you can't socialize and you can't learn to you know, grow and things like of that, course, it was, it was kind of tough. Um, so from grade four all the way to, I believe, grade six was the end of that school. And I moved on to a different school that was only grade seven to eight. Um, and a few of the students from the elementary school also went there, but uh, I wasn't really close to them. But I was also bullied from grade seven to eight. I think it was because I'm short. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, Aren't you taller than me? No, I'm like five seven. Yeah, you're taller than me. I'm five six, bro. Oh, are you? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so um, bet. I feel that. Okay, go but, on. Uh, so basically for me, I was like, okay, maybe new, new start. Let's, let's get it going, whatever. Um, the first maybe few months was pretty good. And then I think during that time when you're growing up, you're kind of like experimenting with things like love, relationships, who you are, your preferences, uh, things like that. So for me, I was kind of bouncing around from girl to girl, to be honest, right. just trying to see, you know, who, who's like, my who type, like. what's their yeah. whatever. Um, so in my mindset back then, it was like, oh yeah, I have all these girlfriends and whatever. But when you end a relationship with a certain individual, there's repercussions because if you hung out with them for like months on end, you're also hanging out with their friends. Their friends, yeah. And then if you break up with that girl and you're not close to those friends, then you're also breaking up with those with friends all of them, too. Yeah. <laughs> so that technically I ended up shunning myself. Um, but uh, there was just a group of guys who just kept picking on everyone. They were like the alphas of the school or whatever. Um, and same, same thing. I just couldn't really find a group that I could play with. A lot of people just trash talking for no reason. Um, and to this day, like, I remember standing up to certain ones and being like, yo, you're used to my friend. Uh, why are you like listening to what they're saying when you know who I am? And they're just like, oh, I don't know. They're because they're afraid. They don't want to be shunned or pushed out yeah. of the group either. So I realized that now after looking back at, at it, but back then I was obviously super angry. Cause I'm like, of course. You, you, you don't know you, what was going on. You can't like, even give me a reason as yeah, to why you're not my friend. Why you're vilifying you, you for like nothing. Yeah. For nothing. Right. So, um, Basically, it was the same situation in the school as well. And it was it, it got dark. Like I think grade seven to eight was when my very first uh period of wanting to commit suicide. It was so bad. Like I kind of understand and I, I obviously don't condone, but like all of those kids who shoot up schools in the US. Like I can guarantee, and it makes me angry when I see that on the news because. All of this could be stopped. All of this could be prevented if mental health was something that we could talk to every day with right. our kids. Right. And back then, I know exactly why. Like, because if I would have been one of the 100%, I, I only say this because it was so messed up in my head during that time. I was, it was in such a dark place that my dad took me out of Kung Fu lessons because he, he felt something was different, was off. And that I would be willing to start fights. 
um, and basically any physical activities to make me more aggressive or something like that, mm -hmm. video games or like whatever. Um, and what it really was is that there was a lack of support. There was no one I could turn to, no groups of friends I could eat with, sit with, play with. And when I got home, growing up in an Oriental family, um, they're very strict on, you know, being, doing the best that you can in school and things like that. Um, I remember, I, I know we're jumping up ahead, but there's something that's kind of is tied in with this during this darkest period of my life where I'm contemplating either committing suicide or, um, you know, murder suicide type of shit. Yes. Cause I'm like, fuck these kids, fuck myself, yes. fuck whatever. Um, my parents didn't even know or at least my dad had a hint because I told him I was getting bullied. Yeah. And the two things that my parents said to me, like stuck with me because I know for a fact, if I ever had a kid, I would never say what they said, even though what my dad said kind of makes sense. So I'll start off with my dad. Basically I told my dad I was, I was getting bullied. He said, ignore them. They're, you're seeing them every single day for two years. Yeah, it's hard to do that. <laughs> and even if you try to walk around the long way around the whatever, like they're going to find you because they like to bully you. They of want course. to feel that power and shit like that. So one, he said, ignore them Two, He said, oh, I got bullied, too. And I'm fine. You just got to like move on and you'll never see them again. Oh. And like 100 percent. I, I have not seen those guys since. And it's not that that carries with me. It's what they've done to me that of carries course. with me. Yes. Um, so that was one where it's like, oh yeah, I've been bullied. Everyone's been bullied, whatever. So it's like cheating it like that. And then maybe tw when I'm 20 something, I remember talking to, when I started being a lot more open about my mindset, I told my mom, I was just like, yeah, did you guys not realize that I was really suicidal, really depressed or something during this time? She's like, you were suicidal? Really? I was like, mom is like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm 24 or something. I was like, yeah, mom, 24. How did you not know this? Like, I, I was like pretty open about it. So knowing that, like, I understand why, because my mom is a very, very, very hard worker. Like they, they came here as immigrants and they yeah. made it. All right. And that's just purely out of hard work and everything. So she was a workaholic and obviously she has to provide and uh, for her family, but she wanted more for her family. So her solution to caring for us was just throwing money at us. Money, but yeah. obviously we needed attention. Um, but going back, it was basically um, that was the very first time where I just wanted to either commit harm or to myself or others. Um, and it was. No, yeah, I just, I just couldn't. I, I picked fights with every single person. Um, and even now, I feel like if I'm getting aggressive with someone that, I don't know, it was an anti-vax, anti-masker or something like that, I feel like the reasoning is because I don't like to take it standing anymore. Like, I, I, I just don't feel like I want to just stand there and do nothing because okay. no one really stood up to me. Um when I see a kid who stands up to a bully, like that's like the, the top of the top, the best thing that could ever happen to that one kid because of that one individual decided to stand up, but I've never had that uh, person for me. For you, yeah. Um, but uh, after that, instead of going to the 
uh, area schools, because you know how, how TDSB has specific areas. If you yes. live in this area, you're going to ACI, Campbell, uh, Seneca, whatever it might be. Um, so my parents were like, okay, he's clearly depressed, but we're going to send him to a different school completely. That was actually a smart move on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, because high school was by far one of the, the best years uh, of my entire life. That's amazing. Dude. Um, but grade nine, there was a group of guys who actually bullied everyone. Luckily, I'm poor, so I had no money <laughs> for them to steal. And my lunches were boring as shit. So yeah, by absolutely take my lunch if yeah, you want. Yeah, it. sure, go but, ahead. But um, they they got screwed. They got instant karma. They they got into a fight or something. They all got like expelled, and then like maybe one or two of the group stayed by, and then they. We never heard from them because they were by themselves now. So they, there's no one that they can hide behind. But after that, I would say grade 10 to 12 was like some of the best years of my life. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I met a girl in grade 11 and uh, we had a pretty long relationship. So that was the first time I, yeah, you remember. I remember. So With her, she was the very first person I had a very long relationship with because this is after being with so many girls and trying to figure out what's my personality type, what's the uh, personality type that I like, um, the similar interests and common interests and things like that. Um, But pretty much after I started university, um, I started to get a little bit more specific with who I wanted to be, um, what I valued in the individual and things like that. So um breaking up with her and like having that relationship end in the very first year of university first and second year was really difficult because um two years is a long time like obviously if if i'm with i've been with tui for like nine years ten years (laughs) nine years whatever so if we broke up now i'd be done (laughs) devastated i'd be done something like that's an investment right there you know but um, by so the second time that I wanted to feel suicidal or not wanted to feel I was suicidal was after the breaking up with. Um, I spent so much of my energy, my time and everything and let her meet all my friends. So kind of like a similar situation uh, happened where instead of me losing her friends, it was me losing my friends because my friends were all friends with her. Um, but there were a lot of things like, for example, um she would sat purposely sabotage any relationships i was trying to get into to try to kind of cope and find someone to lean on type of thing but it would develop into something a little bit more romantic and then she, what i've heard from them and why i no longer talk to them is that she apparently sent the messages to be like oh yeah we're freshly broken up and please don't do this to me. it's no offense to you and whatever and then they would all ghost me hold on but are these people friends of hers or it's either friends of hers or it's within the same group because think of uh the university is kind of like uh hogwarts where they have houses so we're no, part of sure, the same house sure. right so we but maddie i must these. say i must say let me just interject for a second you're trying to date her friends no 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 no. it's not her friends. <laughs> that's why no, i no. was like oh no, like, no, no, no 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 of no, course no, no, her no, friends no. will listen to no, her. no 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 okay. no no, so no, no, just no, no, people no. that like she that were, knows we're aware of they're in there. Yeah, we're we're in the same oh, house or whatever. Type of thing. Ooh, that's yeah, yeah, wild. Yeah. But get this: the same time that she was sabotaging me, she was hooking up with another guy who's now her husband and baby daddy. 
Okay. Well, I will say <laughs> this, right? I will say this. At least for her, she was hooking up with somebody that she ended up actually being in love with. Okay. Exactly. So, congratulations so, to her. <laughs> but for me, at that point, so the reason I'm giving this information, obviously now I don't care. I'm happy for them. Of course, we're, talk, no, but we're talking point, and everything. Yes. Yeah. But during that time, seeing this unfold and then seeing that that stuff, because you're in such a dark mindset, right. like that's the only reason I wanted to provide this detail. Because obviously, from a third person view, you're like, whatever. They're happy, good for them. Happy no, 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 it's not whatever. Here. I had to say like that because I just didn't want people to think that we're just here tearing other people down. Oh no, no, no. It's no. one of those things where trust us. <laughs> there, there is something to this story. Okay. Yes, go there, on. There, so there, then, you, what happened? You need to understand those pieces exactly. to 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 figure out why. So pretty much um, during this time, it was like, okay, so she in my mind it's like she doesn't want me to be happy but she's allowed to be happy maybe i don't deserve to be happy and then it's the downward spiral from there right so from there it was just like really yeah so that was the second time i i wanted to commit suicide i was trying to find anyone to lean on trying to talk to anyone about um just like what's going on like it was i think the 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 relationship ending was a catalyst for sure but like just being like am i even worth it like, what the hell is the point of this? This is the second time I feel like this. Um, and then also, you know, parents not being there for you and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah. Um, how did I get out of it? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> no, hold, on. Like, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, though. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I do just want to, because I feel like, you know, getting out of these things, it, it is a... Uh, we're going to delve into a different territory and I do want to hear this, but I just kind of want to backtrack a little bit to what we said um, earlier about you growing up as a bullied child and you relating it to school shootings and stuff like that. Right. Um, it is so important. And I'm actually so glad that you brought up that point because not a lot of people will openly admit to have you know, felt that way because they were bullied. There are a lot of people who, you know, they come up and they say, well, I used to be bullied, but not once did I ever feel like I wanted to go shoot up a school. And it's not even like the severity of the bullying, right? And that's what people need to understand. It's the state of mind of the child that's being bullied. You know, it's it's an individual case. You can't sit there and say, that person shooting up that school is fucked up. Because when I, I for this reason that he said it, I didn't want to do that. And it's like, but this is why it's important for everybody to understand that mental health is so, you know. It's, it's why they're fucked up. How did exactly, they get fucked up? It, it, there needs to be a program in, in place for not just for kids, but for parents to learn how to deal with kids who are being bullied, right? It's like what you said with how your parents handled it. It's, you know, it's a generational thing. I realize that I I'm speaking to my mom. And now that I'm in therapy, I'm starting to realize how much she needs therapy. And I told her this the other day. <laughs> I did. I told her this the other day. I'm like, you need therapy. She goes, no, I don't. I'm like, yeah, you do. I'm like, when we have more money, you'll get one. Because they have so many things that have happened to them in their childhood that they're never and they probably will never be able to deal with unless they see a therapist. Right. And that reflects on how they raised you. Yeah. Cause right? like, even, even if I, if they just, okay. So going back to that point about school specifically, like hundred yeah. percent, if 
I had even just my dad step in, talk to the principal, be like, these individuals are literally wrecking havoc. Maybe not on just my son, but could be others yes. that they could be peer pressuring. They could be bullying. They could be just taking their lunch money, whatever it might be. Cause I know that if I was that father, if I was my own father, essentially, I would be hundred percent making a scene at parent teacher nights at yes. the principal, bringing it up on social media. But obviously back then social media wasn't even a thing. No. Like, but um, just that support system to know that, the people that supposedly love you actually have your back and that they can do something or try something just right. that try something. Right. Um, I think hundred percent that would have definitely at least not get me out of it, but help me through it. Right. Right. That, that stage, that depression, those thoughts, those dark, dark, like thoughts that um, obviously I didn't act through them, but no, for it was sure. wrong, but it was like, you can't, it's natural for people to feel that way. When I was seeing my therapist too, I told her the same story. She's like, yeah, it's natural for you to even want to inflict harm on others because you're hurt yourself. But like with a moral compass, clearly I'm not a psychopath. I have a moral compass. You stop yourself. But um, that's the thing is why do I even need to get to the point where I need to battle myself and feel that way, right? If we had the right support systems in place early on, 100%. Thank you. Honestly, like that, like so many people need to hear that because, you know, a lot of people spend their time trying to figure out where did I go wrong? When did I become so depressed? And they always pinpoint like a breakup or they pinpoint this, they pinpoint that, but then rarely do they ever look back in their childhood and realize these things are actually happening within our formative years. And it's whatever event happens outside the home or even within inside the home but it's also how the people and I I say people because you know most of us sometimes we don't live with our parents but how the people raising us end up dealing with that right so with your case it's you know it's it's cut and dry like this is a parental issue because they weren't able to do anything for you when you needed them the most and they didn't really take the the subtle hints. Right. To, right. But at the same but time. It's difficult though, too. Like exactly. Said, and this gotta, is where gotta, I was going to say, this is where you, you know, like where for me, it's like, I appreciate pants. that you're like this, right? <laughs> yeah. Because at least you know that they have been through something else and they don't necessarily know how to deal with that. To which brings us to the most important part of this talk. Not that that wasn't important, right? But how the fuck did like, you get out of that on your own? Oh, okay. So that is the thing. I like. I keep thinking to myself, "Oh, by far the first time was the worst," and I'm thinking about, "No shit, the second time was really, really bad too." Mm-hmm. They all suck. Yeah. Like holy shit! Like this depression is one side of the spectrum that I want to talk about because that is by far the hardest one. What I'm dealing with now and I've been talking about freely is just the functioning depression that normal people usually have. That's a little bit simpler to deal with, but I want to talk about the other side, the, the extreme side of depression where you have these super, super dark thoughts that literally take you over and Starting from the first one from grade seven to grade eight, I had no idea how the hell I made it out there alive, personally. Right. Um, I think it was just, 
I remember a time actually holding a knife to my chest and I poked myself. I said, that fucking hurts. <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. Um, but just contemplating, be like, do I really want to do this? Uh, my parents aren't here for me. My dad said, stick it out. I'm not going to see them. Maybe is that true? Man, that sucks. Um, to be honest, grade seven, grade eight, I'm not certain how I got out. All I know is that every day was a battle for, I don't know, 365 days times two. Every single day was a battle. It was just trying to get through the day. Okay, the day's done. Go home, get yelled at by parents for not doing dishes. Okay, go to bed. Maybe going to sleep was, was kind of peace of mind. But to be honest, because you have all of this going on, that's all you're thinking about anyway. So it doesn't matter. I think that was, in my mind, the worst in that case scenario because it was every second that you're awake was hell. Right. And for those of you who are much younger or same age that feel like you're going through the same thing, I personally feel that when people say don't commit suicide because there's so many people that love you, if you commit suicide, it's, it's selfish of you and everyone's going to miss you and whatever. I personally feel that's bullshit. The only reason I'm saying this is because that did not help my case. I don't care about what other people are thinking. I care about right. how I'm feeling yes. because I am the one who's hurting. Obviously, that's a selfish mentality, but you need that in survival mode. Like this is literally you are trying to fight yourself mm -hmm. while fighting others, while fighting your, your triggers, as well as everyone else outside of your bubble because everything is attacking you, including yourself. Um the only thing I can think of for if you're that age suffering from that side of the spectrum is to continue to push through because literally when I mentioned that my dad was technically correct with one, I will never see them again right. Two, uh, you know, everyone goes through it and then you'll get through it and then you'll be fine. Like, yes and no. I'm out. I'm fine, like, but I'm like missing a limb. I'm missing my yeah. arms. I'm a light, like, yeah, I got out. I'm alive. But it's like, but at what cost, you know, but, um, that's literally for that hundred percent. Um, you, you got to push through because at that age, I didn't know about the activities that I'm doing now. Right. When I'm like, what was it? Grade seven is 12 years old, 12 yeah. years old, 13, like extracurriculars maybe. But even then you're like socializing with the, people that you might not like as well. So then, uh, or that don't like you or whatever right. it might be. Um, so that's a little bit tough, but the only thing that I can think of is um, if my parents did something, maybe if they took me to a different school and they knew it was that bad, that I could have a fresh start where no one knew me and just kind of rebuilt friendships, relationships that way. Um, if I was introverted, I have no idea how, how that would work. Right. Just, just bringing this out because I know I'm, when I was a kid, I was very close, but if someone got to this friendship Probably. level, yeah. right, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be very comfortable. Yeah. Um, but my shell never really broke open until university. So right. I'm not certain how to, I guess, help those who might be a little bit more closed off, who likes the personal space um, a little bit more if they're suffering on but that you know, end of the I, spectrum too. I will say though, right, Matt, like I know it is not really up to us to try or figure out how we can help those people, right? I think what's important in everything that you've said so far is to paint a really huge 
grotesque photo picture of what you just said in which you probably lost a limb, a limb you probably lost a leg you have described oh yeah i'm alive but at what cost but what what's important about what you just said and probably the most poignant thing that anyone can ever take away from this is it doesn't even matter how many things you've lost because you are happy with where you are now despite all of that thing that you've been through and i hope for everybody who's listening and watching this right now if you if you have the same feelings that matt and myself once had you know i hope you can see just how hard we're working to try and let you guys know that you know to, to trust that it is worth it to get through because the worst thing you can ever do for yourself and it's, it's true what matt said i don't agree with it too like oh it's so selfish I'm like selfish for who like i don't give a fuck if people cry if I die. <laughs> no, fuck. but you should Good. right like, fuck <laughs> I don't give a shit. like what are they gonna do like my biggest thing is am I really willing to give up the rest of my life just because people made me feel like this about myself? Exactly. I think the only corny thing I will reiterate forever is there is literally a light at the end of the tunnel when you fight for it. Yes. If you don't crawl your way out of it, obviously you're not going to get there. You're stuck in that if tunnel. You're stuck. You're stuck in that tunnel of hell. That's tunnel of, Oh, am I good enough? Why do, does everyone hate me? Why am I alone? Why don't I have friends? Why? Like all of those negative thoughts are coming from within. That's something I also didn't realize until mm-hmm. talking about this and realizing what it was. Um, but hundred percent, like it's corny as, as fuck, but there literally is a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I didn't even notice it to be honest. Till this point, this is my Eureka from you, Steven, saying that I'm happy with where I'm like, you know what? I've actually been through a lot of shit and I'm actually doing pretty fucking well. Yeah, you are. You fucking uh, kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse but, me. But, but this is why we're talking about this because yeah. I'm still in that mindset. Like I'm in the function side of depression. And that's exactly why it's because I don't even realize what I've actually accomplished until right. I'm, we're, we're actually talking about it. But um, moving on to the second time where I felt suicidal, like yes. um, this is where I started to progress. This is where I started finding things to do. So when you mentioned that someone took fitness seriously, what I wanted to do was get ripped and jacked to the point where I was so fit. That I was more fit than the guy that, that I remember there. that fucking yes. time. Yes. So I worked out <laughs> every single day. I, I, I went to my friends who were like more jacked than me. I'm like, teach me this, teach me how to do that and whatever. So like that gave me something to focus on other than my pain that was one of the by far it was what like number one was fitness um not fitness itself just the activity of doing something because it doesn't have to be weightlifting It, it can just be anything you can go swimming you can go running whatever it is something about that type of pain that physical pain when you're hurting inside or when you're angry it helps you kind of focus that energy yes and on top of that you kind of have a goal so on like it's layered where it's like oh yeah ow my my arms are hurting and but my heart isn't hurting because i'm not focusing on that but then you also have a goal where you're just like i want this and then you kind of like start shifting your focus away from yourself to be like oh i'm so damn depressed too maybe i want to do more reps maybe i can do more weights maybe i can do whatever so with that one activity it was um a catalyst for other things as well um one person I want to shout out to is Natalie. Um, she 
definitely i i i quote her or not quote her i i shout out to her specifically um to being the person who got me out of that because she literally said fuck it let's work out she was the, the whole reason this entire thing started because in the end i was just basically back to square square zero and i was in the same dark place um yeah. nights were the worst like nighttime i could not sleep because all i could think about was how sad i was how much yeah. i miss laura or um you know just that pain and just be like oh man i'm a fuck up or i'm shit oh i treated her like this and then i could have done this you right. know that bruno mars song you know yeah. <laughs> i can't achieve that oh no no, um, no. <laughs> but uh no no 100 so for 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 her to be like oh, you know what fuck it let's work out let, let's do this, right? Yeah. Get me out of the house. Get me to do something. It pushed that was you, thing. right? It, it pushed me into doing something that I, I actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with COVID, I gained like 40 pounds, so I have to go back to it. But... <laughs> okay, whatever. COVID's like uh, a different timeline, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, no, like 100%, like, I think it's not the, the, the fitness itself. It's the activities. And that's something yes. I want to touch upon now for what I'm doing now to combat my depression is the key is keeping your mind busy. When you keep your mind busy, you don't have time to think about how sad you are. You don't have time to think about like all the shit that's going on because you're too busy, but it's not just about being busy. It's about being busy, building yourself up. That's the key for me, at least right? for battling my depression is if I'm focusing on things that makes me better, that makes me talk better, that makes me more extroverted, or maybe makes me shut the fuck up so I can actually listen to someone <laughs> while they're talking, which I still have issues with because I can't sit here and just, just listen. Um, anything. When I'm focusing on just trying to be better than myself, my past self, that gives me reason to do better, be better, and everything else that I just talked about, it's it's gone because I'm not even focusing on that. I'm focusing straight ahead right i want to add to that right like it is so important to um kind of read in between the lines of what matt just said because a lot of people will end up doing what you're doing and not realize that what you're talking about is mindful development in which you are investing in yourself and you're doing these activities that yes you know what it does it makes you forget about all the bad stuff and in turn you're actually doing something good that you can reap the rewards later on right but people it's a fine line so guys please be mindful when you're doing this because you don't want to end up doing mindless distraction instead in which you think you're gonna end up doing all these things keep yourself busy like all the motherfucking time so that you don't have time to think about the bad thoughts only for you to realize that these things you're doing are very temporary yeah that by the time this one ends and you don't have anything lined up, you are so burnt out and you are so tired from everything you're doing and you had nothing to show for it. And that just gets added on to the intrusive thoughts that you normally have. hundred percent. Oh my God. The key that Matt said there is what he's doing for himself. It's he, at the end of the day, he's seeing results for himself that allows him to realize that he is growing, he's developing and he's happy. It's, I think what we're touching upon is purpose. There you go. When I'm a, I'm a heavy gamer. I, I know Steven plays a lot of video games mm-hmm. too. That is my addiction. That is my distraction. But if I'm playing games all day, 
And exactly what you said is at the end of the day, if I'm playing all games all day and then it's like, I haven't done any marketing, I haven't done any calls. Right. Who who's gonna ask me to sell their house? That's a if I'm if right. I'm playing league all day, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Um, and that's a distraction, right? And obviously, at the end of the day, I'm just like, shit, I didn't do anything, and I feel like crap. And then it's like it's a never-ending circle, and you just continue exactly. on over and over again. But if I, for example, focus on okay, I'm gonna get X amount of marketing out. I'm gonna call X amount of people. I'm gonna drop off X amount of gifts to these clients. And at the end of the day, if I play video games for the rest of the day, maybe I finish, let's hypothetically say I do all of this within uh, the first few hours and I'm done at one, done at lunchtime. Damn. All of those things that I just- You're said, quick as I'd hell. Be like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm driving around Toronto, you know, doing all that shit. I'm like, okay, good. I'm home. Okay, okay. Let's make it a little bit more realistic. I come home at 2 p.m. Okay, okay let's fine. Just say, say, because That's I had one day- hour. I, I had one day like this where literally I came home at 2 p.m. and I was drained. Uh, but I delivered a shit ton of pies. I did a bunch I of, yeah, yeah. You yeah, saw, saw, you saw, you saw, saw it. It. delivered a shit ton of pies, uh, talked to a bunch of people, uh, talked to a bunch of clients, did a lot of my marketing, whatever I was done. I said, fuck it. I'm playing video games the rest of the day. So I play video games the rest of the day. Two, he turns around. She's like, why are you still playing video games? Don't you have to go out? And I'm like, babe, I already delivered the pie. She's like, when did you leave? <laughs> but at the end of the day, I've actually felt really, 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 really good because yeah. I did something rather than nothing. And exactly. on top of that, I did something that was going to help me grow. Right. right. So, yeah, no, I, I think what it ultimately comes down to, it's not about the mindless distractions. Obviously, they come into play when you want to just kind of um, just shut everything out. But you have to schedule some time for yourself like yes. actually for yourself. Um, some things that I was playing around with over the past few years, um, the adult coloring books. Have you tried those before? It's like, like you color in porno or some shit. No, no, no. Adult coloring books as in, <laughs> as in, Sorry. it's like, <laughs> you, went like <laughs> you just went, no, 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 no. So, okay. So what, what, what an adult coloring book is, it's literally an image of not porn of something very <laughs> intricate but there's lots of coloring zones, right? And you just literally just take a bunch of- So hella complicated, hella complicated coloring book. Could be hella- It could be hella- A a children's book is like a picture of Minnie Mouse and there's like 15 color regions. But for the adult one, it's like 60 or something like that. So so the reason I'm going with this is because I was like, this is stupid. Why is everyone talking about this? Because this was was getting hyped for months on end like i don't know five years ago or something like that it's been ages but um i was like fuck it let's try it so i i asked Tui to buy a few um and i had like video game related i had assassin's creed book um and i start you know what do do we have time if i were to bother her to try go get it go ahead while you go i'm gonna go talk to you (laughs) all right so while matt is off on his journey to try and find this adult coloring book. I would like to apologize to all y'all for thinking that adult coloring books meant adult coloring books. Sorry, if those of you that are listening to the podcast that are watching, I just wink. You already know what that means. But <laughs> I do have to say, this is exactly why I wanted Matt on this show. I did not know he was going to say the things that he was going to say. He has always been so random and I love it. I love that about him. Um, But the most important thing is that 
it paints a picture of how different it could be. His episode of depression is different from mine. His episode of depression was different from Emily's, you know, like, and again, this is a journey that unfortunately we are all on. And unfortunately for some of us, we are on different wavelengths for this one. But I hope that hearing him talk about this allows you guys to understand that, holy shit, we are all doing this together. We're not so much. Oh my God, you're already back. Sorry, I was not looking on my screen and he just came back. He didn't even say anything. You were like, hey, I'm back. Oh no, you're, no, oh, you're, you're 100% you scared right? Like, we just got to understand that I feel like for a lar- large part of this community, when I'm talking to other people, same, same way as you, um, we kind of suffer through similar episodes. Not the same, but similar. Yes. Like, I've had ones where like it, it got bad for them. Like some of them in their family, like they had like, sexual harassment things right. going on i'm mean, like holy fuck like i can't imagine that trauma exactly carrying over and it but it's still depression it's just different sort and sure. I'm just like holy crap but in the end um how we support each other is like you mentioned is, is it's completely important to know that there are others out there that even though my story might not be the same i'm telling you now i've had really really dark moments of but course. the things that we do to kind of get out of it could possibly be something that you can try out to try to crawl your way out, maybe giving you some different tools to get out of that tunnel yourself and, and, yes, sir. and, and get out. Um, I didn't expect to be this quick, by the way, but I'm just really <laughs> glad to know how I've organized her junk in my room. <laughs> so look at every- that. <laughs> I walked Believing in, I was just her. like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Tui's a hoarder. If I was Tui, where would I put my shit with coloring? It would be in that box. And I opened it up and there it was. <laughs> this is your know, relationship telepathy when you know uh, your partner too well. So this is the Assassin's Creed one. Okay, that looks cool. That's what I did. Oh my goodness. Wait, what? You colored that? Yeah. You're lying to me. Yeah. Now, all of you podcasters who can't see the visual that Matt is putting up right now, it's literally Etsy Auditory, and he colored it the way he wanted to color it, and it looks amazing. The details are there. It looked like somebody else had colored it and not Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but this is okay. So, this is what I'm talking about of the intricacy. This is why it's an out color. Holy things you gotta color. What is that? Like these are the things that you have to color in yourself. I think that is gonna make me more depressed. Put that shit away. This thing. thing. So I started on this one. I think I put it away and I never touch it again. That's beautiful. (laughs) But hey, that's really nice. I was just playing around. I was just like, okay, what other things can I use? But so these are the one of the tools that has helped you along the way. Hundred percent. Like it's not even. It didn't get me out of anything. What it actually did, it was a form of meditation. And that's something I wanted to bring up where you, how I became this mindful of how I'm feeling, but also Mm -hmm. what's triggering me was doing things like this. And then just having that time to yourself, that time to think to yourself, talk to yourself, whatever it might be. But I didn't realize until after I'm like, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit more calm or I feel a little bit more tranquil. It's like, why? It's because I shut out everything. I was just focusing on one thing. And that was the coloring book. Um, and yeah, okay. Ooh, I can show it off. You're like, Ooh, look how pretty it is. But what it really did is, is, um, just allows me to focus on how I was feeling at that time. Obviously, like I said, I haven't touched these in like five years. I kind of want to go back to them. (laughs) Hey, at least you have Um, your disposable. But, uh, yeah, no, like after that, I think what I remember specifically from these, besides having that kind of like inner peace, which is very rare when you're kind of battling yourself 
um, I became a lot more open to talking about this with more than just the people closest to me. I love so that. that when people are talking now, I'm at the point where I don't give a fuck if it's a stigma and you're like, why does he talk about that? I'm like, you're going to hear my story. <laughs> Obviously it's not going to be as in depth <laughs> and, and deep like this, but I want it to be as I think one of, okay. One of the managers of a firm I used to work with said it the best. It's like, he was wearing like what a brace okay. and he's like, the fact that so many people in the office asked me if I was okay, how's my arm, what's the brace for, like nonchalantly, and I didn't take offense to that. Why can't they say, why are you depressed? Why are you angry? Why are you whatever, right. whatever your mental health is? And that's why I kind of don't care about what people think about um, not talking about mental health, why I'm so open, why I will tell you, even if it'll make you uncomfortable, because it should not make you uncomfortable. It should yeah. be something normal to talk about. So for those individuals, I half apologize, but I, but not at the same time. But if I made you feel uncomfortable because I was talking about my mental health, maybe it's time for you to talk about your mental well, health. Well, uh, hold on. Maybe well. just kind of skirt, skirt back, back, reverse, reverse this motherfucking car. <laughs> because I don't think you... At- well, I mean, did you go out on the street, pull somebody aside, and listen to my mental health story? No, I highly no, doubt no. you did that. Exactly. So I don't, you know what, Matt, I will say this. I don't want you to ever feel sorry for talking about your problems, for talking about your issues and for wanting to raise awareness. People will listen if they want to listen. If people don't want to listen, they don't got to, right? So therefore no apologies needed because you should not be sorry for living life the way that you want to for yourself, knowing that it's going to make you and other people better. I think the reason why I kind of like, Blah, this is my mental health story. It's because it kind of open, <laughs> opens up a little bit to be like, okay, if he shared it with me, maybe if I'm comfortable with talking with Matt, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll open up a little exactly. bit. Exactly. That will open a gateway for them there to be go. more comfortable to talk with other people. And that's kind of the, the reason why I'm just like, here you go. <laughs> but exactly. Surprise. right, And that's why, right? So anybody who will find fault in that, and no, no, to be no. honest, like just the fact that me opening up on my social media platforms yeah. and then you reaching out to me and you didn't even know I was going through any of this. That's the reason why I started doing these things, these videos uh, of I suffer through this. I'm sure there are others who suffer through this, but we can do we can get out of it together. Of course. Um, but I feel I don't know about you, but do you feel like you could ever not be depressed um okay now (laughs) it's a little complicated for me because i know we haven't spoken in a while but i know i sort of talked to you about what happened to me um in terms of my ocd it's very different right it's um i'm starting to come to realize that my depressive states you know, it wasn't really the kind of depression that you have gone through or other people have gone through, right? It was more so there was just something that I needed to get out of my chest. It was just something um, something that everybody does go through, you know, because yes, you can go through bouts of depression, but you don't have to be depressed, right? Um, so for me, staying mindful, I am confident enough in saying that I definitely have the ability to catch it before it even gets worse. And that is the important thing about 
you know, this whole mindfulness thing and, and really understanding yourself and getting to know yourself. Because when you are able to be in touch with your own emotions, when you're able to get yourself in check, when you're able to gauge how another person's response towards things that, you know, you are having or they're having, it, it, it's being aware of everything. You can actually allow yourself to say, I am sad. I will allow these emotions right now, but I don't need to go back to that deep end that I used to be at. So yeah, you know what? It is actually entirely possible. I believe that, but it took me going to hell for that to happen. So it's really difficult for people to be in the space that I am in now mentally. So do you feel that it's not the fact that you're completely out of the deep end? I don't think anybody, like it, no, I don't think anybody will ever be completely out of the woods. That's what I want to get to. Yeah. So depression is something that people who don't feel like they have it, mm-hmm. the stigma towards it, that whenever I'm talking to individuals who are like, oh, I've never been depressed ever. They, the misconception is that, oh, you're sad. Stop being sad. Right. It's <laughs> no. <laughs> depression is an ongoing battle that I personally feel And based off of other people's stories, you will never get out of completely. But like Steven mentioned before, it's finding that inner voice, figuring out what triggers you and how to manage your emotions in that sense to know what you're going through, know that, oh, okay, I'm going, I'm having one of those days. I will allow myself to have one of those days. But like you said, I'm not going to allow myself to go in the deep end because what's the point? I can keep crawling out. And then that's basically the reason why I wanted to ask you that question is because I want to also get that uh, confirmation that another individual knows that it's not a, oh, once I'm out of depression, I'm I'm done forever. It's this is an ongoing battle. It comes back. You know, know the same can be said for every single mental health disorder. Unfortunately, you know, and a lot of people, you know, my, my therapist was brave enough to tell me this because I did ask him for a few sessions. I asked him, okay, when am I going to get better? When is this going to, when is this going to stop? And he kept saying, you know, within six months, within six months, within uh, within six months to a year, we get to the six month mark. I was still the same way. And then he sat down and he told me, this is a chronic thing for you. You actually have had this your entire life and you will have this for the rest of your life. And how you take that is entirely up to you. How you deal with it will be entirely up to you. But you have the resources, you have this and that. And you know, at that point, majority of us tend to zone out. Once we hear the worst thing we could ever hear in which we are stuck with this forever and nothing else matters. And that is something that we need to stop because by doing that, we are shutting ourselves off from what will actually help us, right? And so for me, it's like what you said, right? I will never feel that way again. Yes, I'm, you know, I may have my moments where I'm like, oh crap, there it is. And that's the that is what happens with my intrusive thoughts now, right? Like with my OCD. But what I had done is I had built a really nice log cabin in the woods. So, you know, <laughs> I know I'll never get out. I might as well be fucking comfortable here and design it the way I want to and invite people to come in out when they want to. And I feel like, you know, that's what I want people to start looking at 
their mental illness as, as something that is as abstract, as empty, as an empty lot that you want to build a condo in. I fucking love that though, to <laughs> right? be honest. Like, what's suppression like? Like an empty, dark, dank, spiderweb infested mm-hmm. log cabin that you can't get out of. So it's like, what do you do? You do different things to like literally spruce things up. Exactly. Like right? this little guy. Oh my god! Little doggy making an appearance. I really wish you guys could see this right now. <laughs> so he is one of the things that I would say 100% in my log cabin of depression. Um, he 100%. Yeah. He's a yep. That's okay. me. Okay. That's me. He 100% is one of the the things to help um, me with just my episodes, I guess. Just because um, when. You say, oh, yeah, I want to spruce it up the way I want it to be. That's exactly what these activities are, the things. To be honest, after starting my career in real estate, I only started to to do more of these things that help, I guess, motivate me or, um, I guess, get me out of that kind of thought. Um, But then it also made me more mindful as to what my triggers were. Because there were days where I just wake up, you know, we have those days where we just wake up on the wrong side of bed. Oh yeah. And and like those days that I mentioned where I would play video games all day, sometimes I just let myself play video games all day and say, fuck it, I'm writing that day off. It's just a mental health day. As right. long as I don't continue to do that the next day, that's what's going to make me know that something's going on. Right. Um, obviously I've had days where it's like maybe one day, two days, three days. And then at the end of the three days, I feel like absolute garbage because I haven't done anything productive for there myself or my business. So I'm just like, no, I'm not doing letting this happen. And then I'll start, you know, picking it up again and I'll start exactly. working again, whatever it might be. But the reason why Milo, my dog is one of those things is because if I, just for me, just me picking him up, kissing him, hugging him, that gave me a burst of open me. I'm ready to go again. Right. Right. Um, obviously with two E's, the same thing, whenever she says something, words of encouragement, or maybe she does, like, I don't know, cooks a meal for me. And then I go into the kitchen and be like, Oh shit, there's food already done. Like just little things like that. I realize are things that kind of help me with that journey, just because the little things do matter. Um, and it's not just, Oh yeah, I'm going to work out. Oh, I'm going to buy a dog or something like that. It's what are the things that make me happy? What are the things that kind of trigger me <laughs> right um what triggers you what triggers your episodes well you know unfortunately for me and i know this is kind of like out of depression now <laughs> but i will say this quickly um well uh, but is it though because tr- everyone has triggers that could help that would well, yeah, push them you know into what the deep if end. we want to talk about something that actually puts me onto that whole road of fuck i feel useless and all of that stuff um i would have to say it's about man i don't (laughs) i'm just got a list you know i was there is quite a list um yesterday was a very difficult day for me sorry i might change that very challenging day for me um okay but uh you know i win every challenge so whatever fuck it but (laughs) the biggest thing for me is the fact that i'm not comparing myself to other people i know a lot of people are like that people do compare themselves but i'm comparing myself to 
where I thought I would have been at this point in my life. And honestly, guys, don't compare yourselves to anyone, not even to yourself. You can compare yourself in terms of how better you are now than you were before, but don't do it. Don't ever compare yourself to a future that has not happened because that's all a fantasy or a nightmare or an anxiety. Things that are of the unknown are not things that you should be comparing your present to. And, you know, I still catch myself in that sometimes. And that's actually what triggers my depression because I ended up crying and saying to myself, oh my God, I really do sell racy photos just to put food on the table. And instead of being able to look at that as, hey, I am doing something for myself, there was shame that got attached to it by saying it that way. And that is a big no-no for me. And that's why I say it was a challenge because I had to literally stop crying and be like, what's wrong with that again? I'm making bank. (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of like, you know, like it was whatever was attached to it was how people felt about it. And that's already, it's like, why do they, why do I care what they think? They're not my buyers. They're not putting food on my table. Right. So yeah. So those are my trigger points really. Yeah. No, I, I, I 100% agree with you because I feel like for me, after starting this career, I'm kind of um, on a seesaw of that. I am learning to not compare myself with, like, I actually watched a video uh, the other day, Simon Sinek or Sinek, Sinek, whatever, how, how you pronounce the last name. Well, shout him out. Simon, yes, Simon Sinek. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Sinek. Um, no, he, he, he was talking about how comparing yourselves with others is just the worst thing that you can do to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another individual who just basically said, um, I think it was like Stephen Furak or something. He basically said, you are comparing your behind the scenes to someone's highlight reels. Right. I saw that. Some, I saw that somebody posted that the other day. Too. I posted it. That's was it what you? It yeah, okay, probably me, bro. It was. All right, that's that's, it. It's so funny that you brought that up because that's exactly what we do in every single yes. aspect of our lives. And I realized that, um, and that's the only reason I would kind of challenge you on saying, don't compare yourself with the past self. Right. Um, it might, and that's why I say it's kind of like a seesaw. Like you have to have the right mindset to look at yourself in that way where for me, I could say, Oh man, I didn't do any work for the past day. And then that could lead to, Oh, I'm continuing to not do any work and then spiral downwards. Or I use that as motivation to be like, Oh, I didn't do anything today, but today I did this, 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 Mm -hmm. this, this, I'm so much better than myself last night. And you just continue. It it really depends on how you take it, but I do it, I think that that's better than me being like, oh, this Ryan, I compare myself to Ryan Serhant, the guy who has like two TV shows and selling million dollar homes. Like, yeah. that, it's not, it's, 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 there's no point in doing that because no. I'm not comparing myself to you something that's realistic, right? No. Um, but yeah, no. So talking about um, the triggers, the reason I asked is because I'm still trying to figure out what triggers me right now in terms of um, my depression episodes, a lot of the times, actually, I just feel like I don't want to do anything. I feel unmotivated. I feel like I don't want to do the things that needs to be done. And, or I had an entire week where I just, I think I just watched Linkin Park live on YouTube and that triggered an entire episode for an entire week where I was just very, very upset, like to the point of tears because Chester Bennington is dead and he committed suicide and all his music's all towards helping to fight and uh, depression, but also helping people to get out of it. And it was so bad that even too, he was like, okay, you can listen to 
Linkin Park songs, but only when I'm next to you and you're not allowed watching videos. Okay. And- I do have to interject. I do have to ask, like, have you ever seen an actual psychotherapist before? A psychotherapist? I don't believe so. I've okay. seen a therapist. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like they're the same thing. Not the ones that try to medicate you, okay? Mm. No, there is no knack on people who are on medication. I think medication is amazing. Um, I always say, you know, for things where with mental illnesses, medication and therapy combined will actually really get you to where you need to be where you feel comfortable to not be taking meds anymore, or if you want to keep taking meds your entire life because it really changes you for the better, go ahead and do it, right? I'm only saying this because um, your trajectory with your depression and your triggers, right? Um, it kind of parallels the way I get triggered with my OCD. And it's completely different, right? Like for you, it's the whole, you know, like depressive kind of like this person is dead and I'm going to listen to it over and over again. And then you start thinking about all the great things they've done, but they're gone. All the great or, things. Or I haven't even seen their concert. And I was exactly, to, I was exactly. Like, but then they're gone, right? Exactly. It's just things like that. Whereas for me, a trigger for me, because like I you know, like um, it's not a secret. And this podcast, everybody who's listened to this knows that I do not have violent tendencies, but I do have violent intrusive thoughts. In which, you know, for the longest time, I couldn't watch any shows or movies with the word "kill," blood. Um, any weapons or anything, any songs that had the word, you know, like murder or anything violent at all. Because then I would go down this rabbit hole of why is that word stuck in my head? Why do I keep thinking about that? And then the next person that I think of in my head after that, oh my God, is it because I want to kill them? Oh my God, I don't want to harm anyone. And then I go into a panic attack. And this happens every 10 minutes. (laughs) So for, for every 10 minutes, for eight months, this was happening to me last year. And going to therapy really allowed me to understand that I have, well, I can have access to the tools and so can you. And that's why I'm saying this, because we do have access to tools that allow us to break that cycle, that no matter how deep we are in it, all we have to do is remind ourselves, oh, this is that cycle that I've been talking about. Let me just do these exercises for it. And it will persist for maybe a few hours, but then you will level off, right? And that's why I'm only saying that to you, because I feel like it would really greatly benefit you to see a psychotherapist that can allow you to to impart knowledge on what kind of tools you can have so that when you do have these episodes, it doesn't eat up two, three, or four days of your week. Yeah. Actually, no, I think you're right. Because like I said before, even though I'm very aware of how I'm feeling, when I'm feeling it, how long it lasts... Um, the things that are, they could be symptoms. It could have been something might've triggered me, but then made me listen to Lincoln Park. But obviously I don't know Chester Bennington personally, right. but for some reason, the loss of him was just so devastating because um, Lincoln Park was a big part of my life in terms of like growing up. Right. And, and that makes like sense. That. that makes um, a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, no, like for me, I think it's just figuring out what those triggers are. So similar to your journey where you're like, okay, this is, this will start this and this yeah. and this and this and this. Yeah. Um, if I'm able to do that hundred percent, um, that would change the game for me. Cause right now I'm kind of like at the stage where I'm aware I have depression. I'm aware of when I'm having episodes, I'm aware of, oh, this might be one of those days, but if I can figure out what if 
I made it not one of those things. Right, right. Yeah, what, what exactly. can I do to not be, not succumb to that kind of um, behavior or those thought processes and things like that? If I can figure out the triggers, um, obviously, this is the whole purpose of this podcast. We, we, we express it so openly and everything, but we don't have the solution either. No. We're just trying to figure out different exactly. things that <laughs> help, right? Yeah, yeah but, um this this is um this is why we're we're talking here because we're cu- just kind of sharing ideas like what do you do exactly. uh, versus what does this person do and then maybe i'll try try some of what you do try exactly. some of this there you go right? it's about imparting knowledge to each other to you know because at the end of the day right it's we we are a network right it, it's important for us to connect the dots together because only then can we really solve it that fucking connected dot puzzle that I fucking hate. But <laughs> but we are unfortunately out of time. I do have to say, holy shit, thank you so much for being on the show. Like this has been super enlightening. I mean it. Honestly, all of my guests are amazing. I guess maybe it's a little different because you and I have known each other for so motherfucking long that it's finally nice to actually get to know you past the kind of person that I knew you as in the past. The, the, the mask on the other side. Pretty much. Okay. Like a social so mask. Yeah. Like it's so funny because the parallels of you talking about, you know, with your ex and how you dealt with it. And I actually saw firsthand how you dealt with it. And it looked nothing like how you described it just now. And that, you know, it makes a lot of sense because of the way that you describe your traumas growing up and the way you had to mask it because you grew up in, you know, such a like toxic masculinity kind of like vibe right where you had to be like no i can't be like this because people will think this way yeah it made so much sense and honestly i am so glad that you're able to finally come into your own with this whole thing and you are just amazing you're just gonna keep on going and going and if you ever need anything you know you can always come to me because at least you know i'll understand it <laughs> right and it's 100%. not a knock on any of your other friends it's just it is true. It's harder for people who have not gone through a mental health issue to understand what we're going through. Yeah. But I do want to say before we go, guys, Matt, go plug yourself for a minute. Go. I'm going to have to put it in here as well. But go talk about who you are again. Remind yeah, if you, if you want to follow my journey, like I'm going to be posting a bunch of these videos Perfect. as well. And a lot of it is going to be on uh, about real estate, obviously. Uh, but you can check out my Instagram at uh, Realtor Matt Lung. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, but no one really uses Facebook that much anymore, but so <laughs> no. it's, it's mostly going to be on Instagram anyways, but I am, uh, kind of building up my YouTube channel. Um, I have some talks going in to, uh, be a part of a bigger team that's doing a lot more. So hopefully we'll be able to, uh, create a lot more content, a lot more quality, things like that. But, uh, mostly everything's going to be on Instagram regardless. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Don't worry guys. He will be back. I need him back here. There are other things we both need to talk about. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for being on the show. Before yeah, thanks you for having me. Of course. I want to tell you right now, it's not about having a bad day. It's about having a bad moment because a moment can take three to five seconds. And once you realize that it's just that moment, you're good for the rest of the day. So don't even worry about things, Matt. Again, guys, this has been Breaking Down Breakdown. This is Steven. That's Matt. I really hope you guys learned something for today. I can't wait to talk to you guys again. Until next time, remember, do not forget to be compassionate and to be that voice of reason when nobody else seems to be.
acting like one because people are idiots nowadays but you know it's okay you're allowed to be an idiot for three to five minutes but that's about it i love you guys thank you so much i will see y'all soon